Hello, and welcome to the Cardinal Cafe. My name is Greg Chastain, and I'm the president of Voices of Hope. And along with me is my cohort, Ed Siegel, the vice president of Voices of Hope. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Pretty good, Greg. How are you? I'm doing all right. Kind of bummed that opening day got rained out, but... I know, but it was... What a great game at Detroit, huh? <laughs> Miguel Cabrera hits a home run in a snowstorm and doesn't even know what left the yard, and he's sliding into second base when the umpire tells him to go. I would hate to be an outfielder, <laughs> although I, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where I did play... I grew up in Indiana and played high school baseball and had to play out in the outfield when it was snowing, and it's a danger to your life because you're either going to catch a snowflake or a foul or balls going to hit you in the head. One of the two, but I it was unbelievable. Yeah. We've also had to sing at those things. We've sang at Fenway in April yeah. where it's 30 degrees on the field and it is just, it is not a fun It is day. not fun. No. And I'm sure playing in wet woolen clothes or whatever, uh, what was it? What did they wear in Seinfeld? What were the ones that George went out and made I think and they, they all were wool. their pants <laughs> wool yes <laughs> one of my favorite episodes oh my gosh but, but Ed and I have big news we both got our second shot yes we did and we both um suffered uh pretty much alike didn't we <laughs> yes I didn't have the fever you had but I was sick for 36 hours but as yeah. I said to my friends 36 hours of just having a flu now I can go on with my life pretty much Still wear yep. your mask, still do all the right things, but Absolutely. feel a little bit safer when we're walking around. But you had a yeah. you had a big fever. Yeah, I, yeah, but the thing was, it was so weird that it lasted at that level. It lasted probably for about two hours, and then after that, it said, "Okay, we've done doing what we needed to do in your body, so we're going to let you back to normal." <laughs> yeah, and my uh, nurse friends and doctor friends said that means your system is doing what it's supposed to do. So exactly. So we are fully vaccinated, and all next time we see each other, we can actually hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hug and high five. There so. we go. All right. So tonight, joining us, we have a couple of really good guests, as we've talked about in the past. Voices of Hope raises money through cancer research, and we do a lot of work with a lot of other groups, and we have a lot of friends in other groups, and that's what makes it such a great community of theater people in the uh, Merrimack Valley area and around. And tonight we have one of the better groups with us. Spotlight Playhouse is in the house. We have uh, Scott Helmers, president of uh, Spotlight Playhouse. Hello, Scott. Good evening, Greg. And by the way, I was, I was, uh, I guess, glad to hear about you and Ed and your shots. My second shot is next Monday. So I guess I have something to look forward to. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Which did you get, Pfizer or Moderna? Pfizer. Oh, that I, my wife got Pfizer and, She's like, all I got was a sore arm. I'm like, fine, whatever. Okay, good. Well, we'll compare notes on Tuesday. (laughs) And also we have Lance Arnold with us. Lance is the artistic director. Hey, Lance. Hey, guys. Funny story with Lance. Um, Lance is part of our origins. The first two episodes we did of uh, this podcast was the origins of Voices of Hope. And Lance plays a pivotal role in that. Lance um, filled in for me when I left to go be with my mother and uh, graciously gave me back my role the last uh, <laughs> week of the show to come back. And that's where Voices of Hope was bloomed. Thank God Lance wasn't a diva most of the time. I, I have my moments. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can talk about that. Maybe I'll see you. <laughs> Our favorite story still is Ed was my choreographer to come back and teach me choreography. And Lance, I think, taught me how to use the stick because you could kill somebody with those sticks that were yep. yeah. around. So, <laughs> Well, welcome, guys. I'm so glad to have you with us. 
Thank you. Thanks for having us. See you guys. Ed and I have also done shows at Spotlight Playhouse before. We can talk about that in a little while. But um, so, Scott, why don't you start us off and give us kind of the origins of uh, the group, where you guys are and how your group came about? Well, actually, I'm going to pass that baton to Lance because he was there at our at Spotlight Origins as well. And I came along a year later. It seemed to be a catalyst for things or something. (laughs) Um, A few people uh, were in a show with me and another group, and we were just going over what we thought would be a great theater group. I have this compunction to kind of set action to, to opinions and words. So I went about forming this group with these guys and uh we've been around for uh 12 years now wow that's this, great. this would have been our 13th season under ordinary yes, circumstances yeah. yep well what was the first show you guys did uh the very first show we did was love letters and that that had ed in it that's right talk about origins oh yeah. i didn't know that yep. it's, it's a small two-person show and and ed was the the lead he's the i can't even remember the character's part and i'm I've, andrew ladd the third there you go <laughs> i should know this play by heart i've uh, i also directed the same play with dana in it a few years ago uh in beverly at the at the cafe at, at north shore right and, and my connection to love letters is only that I actually auditioned for that show as well um, before this is before <laughs> I was affiliated with Spotlight and got beaten out by, you know, this guy. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, there's more origins here than I thought. Yeah. yeah. More interconnections. Yeah, yeah. It's always great. In 12, 12 years. And you guys um, are now below us in the Everett Mills. Um, you have a space just directly below us and you probably loved us going through anything goes tap dancing every night. Yeah, it's any tap dancing rehearsal is just a joy, especially when you're trying to direct a, a drama or something downstairs. <laughs> you know. you um, used to have a space in Haverhill, right? So are you guys considered Haverhill or Lawrence or what, what's your where are you guys now? Well, by by conscious choice, we were in Haverhill for eight years and we, we both had rehearsal space there and chose to perform only in Haverhill. We were trying to to build a presence in the community. And, and we succeeded at some level. As a matter of fact, there was a period about six or seven years into that, that stretch where I was president for the first time of Spotlight and knew more city councilors and the mayor in Haverhill than I knew anyone in the town government in the town where I live um, because I spent more time doing things in Haverhill that, that involved making arrangements to perform in various places and that sort of thing. Uh, you're presenting to the city council to to let them know who we were and and how much economic value we added to the community that that kind of presentation. Wow. And then the space we were in, uh, or rather the building in which we had space, was condemned. So we needed to find an alternate rehearsal space, and we looked around. We ended up in Everett Mills, just below Voices of Hope, as Greg mentioned a moment ago. And at that point, we, we chose to look elsewhere to perform. We still did a dinner theaters at a restaurant in Haverhill for a number of additional years, but we ended up performing for four the last four years at the Pike School in Andover. They have a beautiful 10-year-old theater, and it's just a, it's a gorgeous facility, and we've, we were privileged to, to be able to rent it during that period. Whether we'll ever be able to rent or any community theater will ever be able to rent in a school again remains to be seen. But that's where we ended up. Yeah. Well, what I've been hearing from some of my friends who work at the schools, 
renters are having it easier than the schools are having it. They're letting mm. people come in and do their dance recitals on the weekends and things like that. But the theater company and the kids from the high schools aren't allowed to perform there. So for renters, well, it's it's a it's a boon at the moment. But maybe that's encouraging. I don't know. <laughs> Your old building, I do remember um, after having to load and unload shows there. <laughs> thank God it was yeah. condemned. <laughs> Well, that freight elevator was. <laughs> well, you guys were both in into the woods there, right. so and and you guys were both there for the strike where we had to the freight ele- freight elevator broke down, so we had to carry these massive platforms and sets up two flights of stairs. Yeah, for the listening audience, let me just give you a brief description of an elevator, a freight elevator, in which to make it go, you turned on an electrical switch, you reached through a hole in the side of the elevator and grasped a steel cable that ran from basement to attic, and you pulled the cable in the opposite direction you wanted the elevator to go to engage a clutch, and then the elevator started moving. <laughs> and then you watched on the wall, there was a painted arrow on the elevator and painted stripes on the walls for each floor, and you watched, and you had to flip the electrical switch off in anticipation of your arrow <laughs> lining up with the stripe on the wall, and sometimes you made it, more often you missed and you had to do it again a couple of times in order to get close so that the floors lined up. Wow. Jerry Lewis in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes the freight elevator at the mill seem like the Taj Mahal now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, every time I step into that elevator at the mill, I, I'm, I'm just happy with how, how well it works. <laughs> there are buttons you can push and it goes up yeah. and down. Yes, exactly. there are. But when the freight elevator in the mill doesn't work when you're loading out for your gallery at North Shore and mm-hmm. you have to carry all of your set pieces down five flights and <laughs> literally trying to fit our uh, coral risers in the passenger elevator one at a time. Yep. <laughs> uh, just so you yeah, all know, too, yeah. Scott, Scott and Lance are a big part of Voices of Hope, too. So we're all sharing lived experiences here. Yes. Yeah, that, that is true. Some Someday we'll all grow up and, and have a building with two freight elevators. How would that be? Wow. Our own pla- our own place where everybody can perform. That's my dream. Have, have, yeah. a community, yeah. have a community theater theater where we can all share a theater space and not have to not have to be nomads. You guys do two shows a year. Is it two or three? We do two shows a year, big shows a year, like yeah. main stage shows. And then we do several small shows, you know, whatever keeps money flowing in. Yeah. So in 2020, I know you guys are well on your way to a gentleman's guide, correct? Is that the show you were in Hurt Rioso for? Yeah, we were we were literally uh, two days away from uh, loadout from the space. So we were going to be moving to the, the Pike School. Uh, for our tech week and uh, just had to have that hard conversation with the cast that we were going to have to shut things down. Yeah. Talk a little bit about how 2020 has affected Spotlight and things going forward for the moment. (laughs) Well, let's let's set some of the negative consequences aside for a moment, because I think (laughs) most of us are reasonably familiar with those. And and, you know, the bottom line is the is the challenge for any community theater at this point. We were fortunate early on. There were a number of organizations that were specifically trying to help community theater groups or performing arts organizations. So we, we were fortunate. We got some money from the town of Andover from an emergency fund and also from the Essex County Community Foundation. So we owe significant gratitude to both of them. 
And we also had a number of individual donors who, who you know, in many cases, $10, $20, $50, whatever it was, it, it all helped. And then in, in July, toward the end of July, we on the board decided we needed to put a stake in the ground. We just needed to perform and it was summer, we could do it outside. So in three and a half weeks, we organized a, an outdoor cabaret and intended to perform two Saturday shows and a Sunday show at the Stevens Coolidge Place, beautiful outdoor gardens in North Andover. All was proceeding well. The outdoor limit per the governor was 100 people, and that had to include cast, crew, and the staff of, of, the, of the gardens. So we figured we could sell 50, 55 tickets, something like that. And then seven days before performance, the governor says, I'm sorry, we can only have 50 people outdoors mm-hmm. at outdoor gatherings. So that, that limited, our, limited our audience basically to a dozen and a half or you know, 20 people, something like that. And then, of course, it rained all day Saturday. <laughs> so that turned out to be a mixed blessing. It meant neither of our outdoor performances could happen. But it, what, what we did is we, we reverted to the rehearsal space where <laughs> what's still set up there, Lance? Our set for uh, Gentleman's Guide. Yeah, which conveniently involves a stage that was going to be set up, a, a stage on a stage, basically. So we had this yeah. performance stage. So we, we live streamed from there. The good news was it worked. I think the basis, though, is what, what you're hearing from everyone these days is you just have to be able to go virtual to survive, you know? Yeah. And I, I think we've done a decent job of that. With that that cabaret performance and and the Christmas show we did, we've had this great pair, Aaron. I'm going to mess up her Maitland. Thank you, and Jonathan Plouffe directing and music music directing a couple of these cabarets for us to help us uh, stay relevant and and keep some money coming in at the same time and give opportunities to perform because let's let's yes. not, let's yes. not slight the fact that people who perform need to perform and want to perform. And so people have been genuinely grateful to be able to be in, in the the couple of things that we've done. Yeah. And I've, I've seen some of your cabarets and also I think it gives people opportunity to show a different side of them. There's some songs that you would never probably have Mm -hmm. had somebody sing. You're like, wow, they can, they can sing that and show off some of the video skills. Some of the videos were very uh, entertaining. They, you know, yeah they're fading in and out and stuff like it wasn't just a normal zoom video where you stand there. Um, They were pretty cool. Yeah. Two cameras in some places. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're all becoming Scorsese's out there. Yeah, that's, that's right. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm a pretty picky person about what we actually have produced for us. And I was very happy with, with the outcome of all those. So. Yeah. The, the August cabaret was unique in one way. Well, it, it was unique because it, three and a half weeks and no audience, basically. But it, it also was unique in that because it was such a short time frame, we decided to handpick the cast. And, and we're normally, like most groups, we're very open about auditions. We want you know a widespread group of people to come audition for us. But for the August Cabaret, basically, we put our heads together and said, who do we know who could show up and sing tomorrow if we needed them tomorrow? And then this way, they'll have three weeks to prepare. So we, we did literally handpick a, a group of as few people as we could, given the constraints <laughs> we knew we were facing. And we managed to, you know, managed to do that. For the Holiday Cabaret in December, we did open it up for general auditions, and that was great. We got a few people we didn't expect and a, a few repeats, and that was good, too. Yeah, they, they were great. I, we've watched a lot of uh, different ones, and uh, you could tell the performers really enjoyed 
being able to do something other than, oh, yeah, other yeah, than yeah. sitting on their couch and watching, you know, Netflix and Tiger King. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we had the same thing. We did these. We did these virtual cabarets, and they just got yeah. more elaborate and more. The song yeah. choices were very cool. Again, it's just like I love hearing people perform stuff I've never yeah. heard them perform. Yeah, it, it was fun to watch to watch yours as well for that for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. And just learning a completely new skill set. You know, like Greg said, you know, video production. Mm-hmm. People sending these videos in, and then how do you tie it all together, and how do you make it into a product that looks really cool? And as you personally discovered, Ed, it is incredibly time-consuming. Oh, <laughs> yes, it, it is. And, and just in numbers where you have, you know, the big ensemble numbers where you have 25 mm-hmm. to 30 individual videos, no matter yeah. what program you have, those videos, when they're all overlaid, suck up so much memory. It yeah. takes forever to make one little change and then to re-render everything. Yeah. That's that's where that computer power comes in handy. That's for sure. Yeah. So I'll say one thing I've been impressed with two or three weeks ago is the first time I've been up to Voices of Hope since all this started. And, and the little studio that you guys have made in there is, is pretty impressive. It's nice. I've only seen pictures, but looks cool. Yeah, we were very lucky. We reached out to a mutual friend and they gave us a nice grant and were able to do that. And we would have been floundering to what to do without that because right. it was a great way to be able to put audio and video together and ed learned how to fly a drone and so yeah. we're having a lot, we're having a lot of fun it, it really has been challenging and i don't know if you guys found it with your performers as well when you're recording into a microphone all by yourself you have to know your part if you're on stage oh with 30 other ensemble people you can get away with yeah, more exactly you can you can blend a little bit you, yeah, yeah exactly you blend. <laughs> so one of the things we've been talking in Voices of Hope about is the future, like 2021. What is this going to bring? Because we keep getting new surges and then everything's open. And now, well, maybe some things yeah. might not be open again. Have you guys talked about, I'm sure you have, your plans for this year and, and beyond at the moment? Um, very definitely. We actually have several significant things in place, uh, of which Lance is a significant part. I'll, I'll let him talk about that one. I'll talk about mm-hmm. another one. We're doing two different series that launch in two weeks, the first one. We're doing what we're calling Spotlight on New Works. We solicited proposals for new plays, plays that have not been produced yet, principally from New England authors. We wanted to stay local where we could. And the intent is to produce new works as staged readings. So the first one is on on April 16th, 7.30 p.m. on that Friday night. And it's a, um, a play, help me, Lance, I forgot the name all of a sudden. Uh, it's called Day Job. Day Job, thank you. Yes. So it, it will be, a, as I say, a stage reading. We'll do a talk back with the author and several cast members afterwards. And we plan to do that every other month. Pleasant surprise, we had 30 plus uh, plays submitted. So we have oh. a nice choice. Wow. Um, we'll do another one uh, two months hence. And then in the intervening months, I'll let Lance take over. The other thing we're working on right now is I thought that we should take some steps to get back into the into the business of making theater. We keep running into these walls, you know, when you when you go to do a show and and you have to make these drastic changes at the last minute and and uh, either change venue or change the size of the the audience that you can have. We've made some choices based on kind of being able to adjust quickly or adapt quickly and make these changes. 
I'm hoping to do three shows over the rest of the year. We're starting with a play that we just started rehearsals on last week, and it's going to be opening on May 7th, and the play is called Waiting for the Host. Uh, it's, it's a very funny little play that was actually written last year by a guy named Mark Palmieri. The play is about this small church theater group that are gathering over Zoom to uh, rehearse for their, <laughs> their annual passion play that for the first time is going to be virtual uh, because of the pandemic. It's touching and it's funny and it's it's kind of light. I, I think it it's fun to be able to watch this play and, and just see how just 10 months ago, 11 months ago, really seems a long time ago uh, since all this started. I sat in on the read through last week and, and it was you know, it's one of those plays that you can watch and laugh at yourself and your work colleagues and your friends, you know, <laughs> who are all were and in many cases still are struggling with this remote thing. It, it's it's great. I, I was I was enthralled just watching the read through. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So I, I chose this play because it is literally it it all takes place in Zoom calls and, and it's easy for the cast to just all call in. It will be recorded live and, and streamed out on the 17th and 9th. Please go to spotlightplayhouse.org to, to get your tickets. I'm not sure when those will go on sale, but it'll be soon. Because it's all streaming, we, we can all meet virtually. There's no, there's no worry about COVID compliance. And then from there, the next show, uh, we're hoping to do something that we can expand a little bit and either have actors uh, working together in the same space, socially distancing, or people who have been vaccinated and can work together. That will probably still be virtual. The play after that will hopefully be, it will be done live. Uh, if not in front of an audience outdoors, it will be done in a theater, hopefully. So I, I would tell you the names of those plays, but we don't have the licenses for them yet. Don't want to get in trouble. But it's great to plan, isn't it? Even just planning, it yeah. makes it right. makes yes. it seem real again. You're like, you're sitting there going, oh, when do we have to have auditions if we're going to do it at this date? And, you know, do we have a director? Do we have a music director? The planning and the anticipation for me, being on the uh, the board side and of, of our group is it makes it feel like everything's starting to come back a little bit. Hearing you guys talk about plays you're coming up with and the other groups are starting to look at different things. Even if they're virtual, it's still something to do. Is a double-edged sword, though. I mean, you, you can have the best laid plans and then stuff happens as has yep. happened continually over the last year. I mean, back yeah. to the December cabaret that we did, the Home for the Holidays, my specific objective was to not have everyone have everyone record at home and stitch it together. My specific objective and that of the board was we'd, we'd already lined up HD cameras and, and a you know sound. We, we wanted to have people come into our rehearsal space, film there, so we had complete control over the quality and could actually do some a little bit of set dressing for the different performers and then do the video editing of that and stream that. And the trends in early December were all in the wrong direction. As you well know, you lived through it too. Yep. So we had to make the, the right call. We had to say, go ahead and do it at home. And as you mentioned before, Greg, the, the results actually turned out way better than I ever would have imagined. People exceeded any expectations I had for what they did at home. But it's just another case where you've got to have a plan B and a C and a, maybe a D. Right. 
I keep telling people that that theater is is uh, an art of collaboration and adaptation. So true. And we we keep trying to do those things, but there, you know, sometimes it it you're kind of pushed to the kind of length of that you can stand to to <laughs> to uh, adapt. But yeah, I, Greg, to your point, I think that you know it's it's great to be able to to get back to work on these things. I think after yeah. Gentleman's Guide had to close down, I, I I was really bummed about it for a few months. You know, it, yeah. it was kind of nice to be home and and in the sweatpants and watching netflix because i just was i was in no position to be doing anything else at that point yeah. you know so this is a great it's a great thing to get this back and get it going and firing things up and and planning and 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 moving forward yeah, yeah the one thing is we always knew that was it was going to happen right we knew that at some point you know we were going to get past this and we were going to be able to return to somewhat normal activities but when you're in the middle of it and things are just turning south really fast every day, it's yeah. like, yeah. when is this going to happen? And then, you know, right. you, get, you get the emails or the text saying, hey, I saw Group A is going to do this show. When are we going to do a show? It's like, Group A might be doing that show, but we don't know what the parameters are. Right. They, yeah. they, some, some groups have chosen to live in a bubble with each other for 14 days right. and then do a show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always trying to fend that off as well, because we're trying to we want people to be safe and we want to be responsible um, and not be the cause of the next spread in anything. But I think the biggest thing is all of us in the community theater world up in our area as well. We just need to support each other, help each other where we can Absolutely. publicize yeah. market. Please letting you know, please know Spotlight Playhouse is doing this on April 7th, 8th and 9th or whatever. We'll get the dates right. out again. But and then, hey, Colonial Chorus is doing this and hey. Right. Acting out is doing that. So we all kind of help each other get through this because we don't want to lose any theater either. There's so many great opportunities. I, I grew up in the Midwest. Lance, you grew up in the Midwest. And yeah. there was no community theater where I grew up. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. And coming out here, it's it's so nice to have those outlets. And you can go from group to group to group and do different shows and meet different things and bring your friends along. And And that's what it's all about, the community spirit of all of it. So I'm psyched that you guys are got some things planned and we will promote as much as we can. So before we end to this, I just wanted you guys give your website out again and then the next date of the next show. And But I can't end this without talking about Into the Woods for a second. Lance was, oh, sure. Lance was my director. Ed was yep. my father. Yes, I was. <laughs> and I was your box office manager, but that doesn't really count. So. <laughs> oh, it did. You sold, you sold tickets for us. But that was one of the, I just have, that was one of the, my favorite experiences. I, I was the baker one of my favorite roles I've ever played. And we had so much fun doing mm. that show. Absolutely. And we still talk about, we've got to come back and do a concert. We've got to get right. the cast back and do a concert. We've been saying it for, I don't know, I yeah. lived in London there, so it's got to be 10 years ago now. Wait a minute, I can't remember those lyrics again. Into the words? <laughs> Into the words. <laughs> You're the mysterious stranger. You can say whatever that, comes yeah. out of your mouth. Yeah, we'll think it's we'll think it's normal. <laughs> I'm gonna give Lance a, a glimpse at one thing um, that my daughter called me out on. So at the very end, we're all singing into the woods, blah 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 blah, and I lost the words because there's so like going going going. So I just I'm holding the baby at the end. Spoiler alert: I still have the baby. So I'm looking at the baby, and I just started like talking to the baby. And after the show, my daughter comes in and goes. You don't know the words to that song. <laughs> 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 you're you're just talking to the baby. 
I'm like, you know, I'm an artist. I was lost in the moment. I was crying. It was, it was, it was your choice. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Greg, it's, it's Sondheim, and you can always blame it on Sondheim. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't tell you what a great show that was, Lance, and how much fun that was and how, how wonderful you were to Thank you. give it's, me that opportunity and work so hard. The only negative thing about that show is I ate way too many donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, that cast had definitely had a thing for donuts. It yes. Was, it was uh, – Yeah. I think Voices of Hope and Spotlight Playhouse could be sponsored by Donna's Donuts as how many donuts we buy from them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be all for it. Oh, my gosh. Good plan. From my perspective, not having been been actively involved in the production of the show, there's no question that artistically watching it, it was it was among the best that Spotlight has done. The only close contenders are other shows that Lance has directed for us. And, and that's, I, I'm, I'm saying that because he's here in front of me, but we, we've had lots of directors over the years, but it's, uh, it's absolutely true. It, that, was, that was among the very best. Yeah. Kudos to Leslie for the, an amazing, just her artistic talent. Leslie McGrath is, wow. is amazing. And I've, I've really benefited from a growing group of very talented people around me. Yeah, we benefited from you. Even Voices of Hope, yeah. you've done a lot of work with us and right. pulled, you know, acting and everything, being the assistant director in a lot of our shows. And even when you're not, you come in and help out and uh, right. use your vision. So we, we can't thank you enough for all of that as well. Well, there's a lot of love for you guys. And we appreciate that. So I want to thank you guys again. But before we start the theater quiz moment again, Scott, do you want to give out the website again? Sure. It is spotlightplayhouse.org. Uh, on the on the very front page, you'll find a link for uh, well, an ad for. As Lance said, we don't quite have the tickets up yet, but we will. Uh, you'll you'll find a link for both the Spotlight on New Works performance on April sixteenth, Friday the sixteenth, I believe it is seven thirty p.m. That's the stage reading, and then on the opening weekend in May, the seventh, eighth, and ninth, is the performance Lance referred to of Waiting for the Home. Zoom, awesome. zoom, zoom. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I hope it's kind of a, a, like a madcap misfit Zoom meeting like we have yeah. every time we're out on Zoom. Whether it's a board meeting or a membership meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much. Everyone, keep supporting community theater because without community theater, the arts really flounders and people need the Absolutely. arts, need it more than ever right now, need to get lost yeah. in it. We can't wait for audiences to come back and see what people offer the professionalism of the Absolutely. community theater around here is is bar none so get out there and see them again spotlight spotlightplayhouse.org now it's time for my theater challenge to ed we go back and forth week to week so he got me last week this is mine you guys can help me by the way oh, okay lance might be able to help you with this we will see because it's a question about into the woods the movie Ooh. oh jeez here it is. Ready, Ed? Yeah. What big song okay. was left out of Into the Woods that was a pivotal moment? It was our song, No More. <laughs> exactly. No More was No More in the movie. Uh, oh, that well, killed me. That didn't take you long. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't know. What, and, and James Corden can sing. So I don't yeah. know why they left it out. My guess is was timing and, and, and pace. That song's like two minutes and 45 seconds. I think they could have sang it. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite moment. It had merit. 
<laughs> and, and Greg, you nailed it every time. So kudos to you. Thank you. Uh, Ed would always give me little hints and stuff like that. And I still get made fun of today, but I do it every show. Keep all my lyrics in my pocket and a flip thing and stand on the yep. side of the stage and go, all right, this is my next line. Just, it just, it just became a, a rote memory for me to do all the yep. time. But, but thank you. I love that song. And, um, Again, we need to do it in concert again someday. Absolutely. I like that idea. To this day, when Wendy gives me a hard time, I remind her that I'm actually married to Cinderella now because you were squished like a bug. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, We'll have our next podcast sometime soon. Keep listening. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please go to vohboston.org. Drop me a note and tell us what you also what you like or want to hear on this show. Scott Helmers, president of Spotlight Playhouse, Lance Arnold, artistic director. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Go Sox. Starting at the summer. Go Sox. Absolutely. day tomorrow. Have a good holiday weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Great seeing you.